and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 321. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Picard's third season episodes, Imposters and The Bounty. Here we go. Imposters, Season 3, Episode 5, original release date, March 16th, 2023, directed by Dan Liu, written by Cindy Apple and Chris Derrick. Guest cast include Michael Dorn as Worf, Michelle Forbes as Ro Laren, Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher, Todd Stashwick as Liam Shaw, Ashley Sharp, Chestnut as Sidney LaForge, and Kirk Acevedo as Kryn. <laughs> Riker returns command of the Titan to Shaw, who has already contacted Starfleet. The USS Intrepid arrives to arrest Picard and Riker. The commander heading Intrepid's boarding party is Ro Lauren, who betrayed Starfleet years earlier by defecting to the Maquis. Beverly conducts the Changeling's autopsy, discovering they have evolved to evade body scanners, and notifies Picard, but Ro forces him into the holodeck. You betrayed everything I believed in. No. You wanted to mold me in your image, your mentorship, your affection. It was conditional. Do you dare to question my honor? I joined the Maquis because belonging there meant standing up to injustice, even if it meant betraying your beloved Starfleet. That was me. But you could never understand that because you confuse morality with duty, and that, Admiral, is your dishonor. I believed in you. Only when it was easy for you. If I meant so much, you would have understood. You broke my heart. And she broke mine. All right. More good Star Trek. Steve, kick us off on imposters. Yeah, so we are proceeding from, we're into episode five, and like as we kind of spoke of last time, I think the first four uh, episodes of this season kind of are kind of a mini season of sorts, and this kind of kicks off a new you know, phase of that, which I think, I think really works. I mean, obviously this season's fantastic in a number of ways, but I think this is another thing that they've latched onto that really works is that's having kind of clusters of episodes that have kind of a plot line and so forth. So uh, we are now at the stage where they're going back. They got to face the music, et cetera. I, I like how I also like, um, bringing Roe back. Uh, I, I always, I always liked that character, uh, in next gen. I thought that was, I thought she was interesting, something different. Uh, I thought, I think, uh, Roe and Picard's relationship was very unique in Star Trek. It was something different and they carry that plot line through as well. I mean, I think, I think it was pretty, it was pretty emotional. I mean, I, I really, I, I thought that was genuine, the kind of conversation they had and it, and it, and it felt like it, it, it extended from what we saw back in next gen and so i I like that and another thing i think that's uh, that i like about this season we've talked about how many what all good things are there are about this season but one thing is they 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 bring back they they have canon that is relevant for trekkers but also integrated in such a way that it's not heavy-handed and silly or that's the only point they do that consistently and they you know they make statements that explain away things that one might consider inconsistent if they don't explain them and 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 in addition they also um 
have something you remember. Like, for exa- example, this, you know, see, see episode five of season three, that's the episode with Roe in it, you know, and, and they have that kind of thing where you can identify that's the episode that has that in it, even though you have a consistent plot line throughout. So, yeah, it's an interesting combination of, you know, serialized storytelling and yet sort of standalone. Yeah. yeah. So I think they, I think they do that very well. I think it really works. And um, yeah, it's another, another great entry in this season. Yeah. One extra thing that I'll say is uh, yes, it does bring forward their storyline, Rowan Picard's storyline from next gen, but with the modern improvement, I would say of like Picard is really an imperfect person. I think we, in a weird way, we see that in this single episode more than any other because he he really took it personally what she did and he's he goes so far with it that i mean he's he's probably i hate to say somebody's just wrong but i I kind of feel like he's kind of wrong and i mean he realizes that by the end of the episode but it's uh it humanizes him a bit right to to see him with this this real this real flaw but it was also something like i i have a hard time imagining them doing this with Picard in next gen, like letting, letting him go yeah. this far, right? This, this right. yeah. It wouldn't work with the tone of that series, but it does work in this series. And it's also time. And and we all know people like this, you know, you get some kind of beef, you get some kind of thing that you've, you know, dwelled on for years. That's what happens. It becomes something perhaps even bigger than it possibly could really be. And that's what it is for him. Yeah. It, it's, it's great. Yeah, what's it, when he really he really hits his top something like oh I've been rehearsing this for thirty years <laughs> something like yeah. that yeah yeah and of course of course Stewart is great and really nails the the delivery and stuff uh, Adam your your thoughts here on imposters um yeah it's an excellent episode um I am luckily I I was actually surprised I didn't know she was going to be in the episode so it was nice because I started the episode, I started the season later than you guys so I was surprised to see her there but delightfully surprised. The nice thing about this episode is you can watch this episode without knowing the backstory because they go into it in so much detail about what happened. I guess the only thing that you don't quite get is like the relationship that they had before she went to the Maquis. It was a very, like Steve was saying, it was a very close, like almost father-daughter relationship. I wouldn't go that far, but it was, it was a very close relationship that, that he had with Roe and Next Gen. And it kind of made me want to go back and watch that particular episode. And maybe I will after we're done with the season. It'll, it, it'll just be very interesting to go back and get a retrospective on both sides of it. And they're both really good together, as you guys have said. Um, we've started this new phase, which I, I noticed as well. You know, the first four episodes are really, they're like their own. It's like its own little movie there. It's, you know, Riker and Picard. It's, it's very good. And I like that they've, you know, we transitioned into this new new area. And it's, and it's kind of nice in the beginning of the episode. It's kind of calm. They're working on the ship. You know, they're having these discussions about like, oh, Starfleet's coming. Here's your command back. Um, Shaw's kind of a dick again because he's like kind of happy that Picard and Riker are going to get their, their Yeah, that, their that stuff is really funny. He really chews, chews it up. It's just really nice. Um yeah, it's it's comic relief, honestly, in the in the episode. But you're right, Picard is really not doesn't come off very well at all through this episode through this episode until the end. But that's kind of been the theme of of this whole Picard series, even the first two seasons. There's these things that are troubling in Picard's 
life. But I mean, in the first two seasons, they spent, you know, 10 episodes dealing with it. And this is just encapsulated into one episode. Um, I guess the only other personal conflict that I can think of, and maybe they solved it in Deep Space Nine, is um, between Cisco and Picard. So maybe we'll get that somewhere in a not far off ser- um, series. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's It was great. I mean, effects are cool. I mean, it's top notch. I want to single out the uh, evil yet still logical Vulcan gangster Kryn. I, I thought it was a great character. I, I wish we could have seen him more, but I, I mean, I maybe, I don't know, maybe he's a little one note and wouldn't have much else to do, but I thought he was great. I don't, have we ever seen an like gangstery Vulcan like this? I feel like not, but not, not quite like this. No, well, that would be logical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen like psychotic. There was that one in DS nine with the, that Ezri was chasing or whatever, but, but never just, yeah, but he's great. But there, there's one moment when he seems, he's almost emotional. I don't remember what it was, but there's one moment when he goes a little, and you're like, okay, yeah, I can see that that's, that's the Vulcan that would, you know, be the gangster that would find that logical. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that we, you know, you were talking about the Roe and Picard relationship and how venomous the card is. And that's really the contrast, how everybody else in the crew reacts to her, you know, even Riker, when she, when she left in that episode, I remember Riker's, I think he even said good luck to her. You know, he didn't seem to have any kind of animosity, even at the time when she left. And even now, and Worf is clearly working for her. So that contrast between different reactions between the crew, it actually enhances that, you know, bitterness that Picard has. Yeah. I mean, he's like, she should be in prison. And Stuart does, Stuart does a great job. He's got that smug pompous look on his face the whole time he's talking to her i mean he did a great job just being an ass well once again this show does the thing where it brings back a legacy character and kills him (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't think rose coming back from this no i still like the pairing of uh wharf and rafi yeah that was a good choice that was good i'm surprised that uh he can still pull off some of those michael doran I mean, I'm sure they have a stunt person for some shots, but he's doing some stuff there. Mm-hmm. He he definitely he has a different physique. He doesn't have that footballer's physique like he had most of his younger days. But so, would you say? Um, I, I I know the answer to this, Brian. But how would you compare the the scenes in the holodeck with Roe and Picard with the scenes in an earlier episode with Crusher and Picard? Well, we talked about. I I think that's that scene in the second episode, third episode, where. Um, with Picard and Crusher, Crusher and Picard in sick bay when they first talk, I think that's probably the best scene in this entire series for me. Uh, but that scene with the, with Roe and Picard in Ten Ford is is pretty great. They come to a, an understanding, but everything's not hunky dory. They don't. It's not like they go they go too far. But you really feel for her. You really feel for him. Even even with me thinking that maybe he was a little wrong, but. I mean, I can buy it. Yeah, like you were talking about earlier, Steve. No, it's it's a good scene. It's an interesting premise. The notion that I think when they're the, the, when this series is, is most successful is when there's this reckoning between Picard and his past. You know, I mean, if I wonder what this whole series would have been if they would have focused on more of that kind of thing. Like if they just said, thought that how does this character, you know, in his later years deal with his past 
And because the, the, those conversations and these kinds of interactions and when, when it gets serious, you know, like we, we, we've seen obviously the Crusher Picard thing, what we talked about in this one throw, but also, uh, you know, when uh, Riker and Picard have had various, you know, things that have happened in, in various contexts. I mean, it's, it's an, it's interesting to imagine if if this series the whole way through would have focused on uh, a person as they age reckoning with their past, and I think maybe seasons one and two would have been more successful as well. I think that's what they tried to do. They just didn't do a very good job of it, <laughs> or maybe that was a passing idea. The the secondary thought, right, right. We get a lot more Jack mystery scene. This liter- episode literally opens with. Jack going onto the bridge in a dream sequence and killing specifically all of the young crew members, which now makes a little more sense. So we get lots of moments that make us all want to go buy red vines licorice. <laughs> but I think that stuff's good. I, I think that actor is good. The kind of the nice thing about this is they kind of table that, you know, once they kind of figure out that he has the same syndrome that Picard does, it kind of gets tabled where it's just well, not that's in the spot. next one though, right? The, it, this episode it, ends with him being like, there's something seriously wrong with it. Okay, yeah, because he it's did shoot dark, the, the really. four changelings. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, how did you know they were changelings? I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's good. They really play it up, too. Even the music is like... Ominous. Wow. <laughs> Bad guy. But no, I like that actor. I, I know him from Downton Abbey. It's the only thing I know him from. But he was great. What's this episode about? Well, obviously, I think we've touched on it. It's reckoning with your past. It's healing past relationships. Clearly, there was this betrayal that Picard deeply felt from Roe, and he didn't understand her. So you can also look at it as like when we try to mold mold people, we don't necessarily see them for what they are in the moment. And I think that was Picard's fault at the time when Roe, you know, left for the um, Maquis. Um, he he envisioned her in his image of this starfleet, you know, and and it wasn't until, you know, whatever, 20, 30 years later, and after having this, you know, bitter, you know, unleashing of all this anger and nastiness that he'd felt for all these years that he realized that he came to the conclusion that he never, he didn't see her, he didn't know her until the very end, right before she died. And, um, and that's tragic in a lot of what you know if you think about that storyline between the two of them it's very tragic and it's sad i mean we don't get a lot of time to dwell on it because we jump into the next episode and <clears throat> she's gone but if you think about it it's it's really it's, it's a sad ending i mean you can say that okay yeah they got to say goodbye there at the end but yeah um come you know just dealing with your past it's, it can be rough yeah i think like like a, a lot of this season has been, it's it's Picard reckoning with that and coming to terms. I think what's also interesting in this episode specifically is the notion of having preconceptions that that are not proven true in the end, right? So he's he has this notion about what what he what Roe represents, and and in the end, she sacrifices herself to give them a fighting chance to move forward with this noble cause. On the other hand, you have Shaw who. Uh, it seems shockingly ridiculous now, but you know, at the end of this, he's you know he's still saying, "Why are we? Uh, what's happened? I don't understand." You know, Starfleet can they be compromised? And, and you know, it, it comes down to these these notions and preconceptions we hold so firmly too, and it takes so much to break 
break us from them. And I think we see that with, with Shaw and the whole scenario too, at the end. So for me, that's, that's kind of what this, this episode represents. Well, the other thing, both of today's episodes give us is that is opening it up to this bigger galaxy level conspiracy, this episode in particular, that's something I think I mentioned last time that maybe that's why those last, you know, episodes like three and four were a couple of my favorites for the season. Cause it was, it was uh, just before that happens, but it's not that it's, it's bad. Maybe it's just not my complete preference, but here it is done really well. You do get that sense of, but it's not the focus of the episode. No, but, but like when it leads up to that moment where Picard is telling Shaw, we need to run, this is so much bigger and worse than we ever thought, you know, what I think they do a better job with in this season in particular than the other the other series and shows that we've talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, I have it, that. Is, it's a, it's this, a short list, everything. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the um, the dire straits that they're in isn't the focus. I mean, it yeah. drives it. It's the characters that are the focus. And I think that's yeah. what they missed a lot in past past present Star, Star Trek. Yes, sir. So you can have these, these high universal calamity events that are going on, but those are kind of in the background, you know, obviously we'll get the crescendo at the end and that, and that's where all that all get resolved, but that's just the action of storytelling. Let's do six degrees from imposters. Uh, Steve, Michelle Forbes reprises her role as Rolaren. We last saw our play row at the end of next gen seventh season. Name that episode where she's the first one to take action. That's a little title hint for you. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, let me think. Um, yeah, I'm not getting it. You will in a moment. Adam. <laughs> if Steve didn't get an episode name, I think I'm going to get it. Preemptive strike. Preemptive strike. That's the hint of the name of the episode? No, that is oh. the name of the episode. <laughs> oh, I asked the question again. I thought you were asking. Sorry. Oh, I thought okay. you were telling me you didn't get it. You didn't know. It. My, my hint was she was the oh, first okay. one to take okay. action. All right, we'll, take a, we'll both yeah, take yeah. a zero. Sorry. Cool, cool. Sorry, it's late. I'm my fault. All right, moving on. <laughs> no worries. I wouldn't have gotten it anyway, so it's, it's right, fine. The Bounty, Season 3, Episode 6. Original release date, March 23rd, 2023. Directed by Dan Liu. Written by Christopher Monfett. Guest cast include LeBar Burton as Jordy LaForge, Michael Dorn as Worf, Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher, Rena Sirtis as Deanna Troy, Brent Spiner as Daystrom Android, Daniel Davis as James Moriarty, Todd Dashwick as Liam Shaw, Amanda Plummer as Vatic, and Ashley Sharp Chestnut as Sydney LaForge. Worf and Rafi board the Titan, and together with the crew, develop and execute a plan to rob Daystrom Station. The Titan is forced to flee after Starfleet arrives, leaving Riker, Worf, and Rafi behind on Daystrom. Picard seeks help from Geordi LaForge, now a Commodore in charge of the Starfleet Museum. Meanwhile, the away team is confronted by a version of Professor Moriarty. Captain? Yes. Taser, is that you? Yes, sir. No, sir. I... I am not certain. He's like you, Jean-Luc. I am Data. Synthetic? No, but... I was Data. Human? There are many of myself inside Daystrom Android M510. But currently, one voice speaks to you more more fondly than the others. All right, the bounty. 
didn't they did not call it the HMS Bounty. Uh, Adam, kick us off on the bounty. Wow, this episode's great. There's so so much in this episode for the um, for the Star Trek geeks out there. I mean, just for great storytelling. I mean, there's 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 a ton in this episode. I mean, I really enjoyed the last episode because it was dramatic and tragic and all that. But this episode is just it's a lot of fun. So we we kick it off. Worf and Rafi. They come aboard the Titan. We get all the hellos and, you know, the hugs. And Worf is hilarious with Riker. You know, it's kind of like the opposite play. Then we jump into, um, you know, some nostalgia with back in the deep space, nine days. And this is actually, I maybe I didn't because I was in the glow of nostalgia the first time I watched this episode. But the second time around when I'm watching that scene where Worf's explaining, you know, <clears throat> what's going on with the changelings because, you know, he... It was in touch with a, a noble change link, and we know that's Odo. Um, you know, they, they have this debate about the virus that they go all the way back to this debate, you know, about the virus and how it was um, put onto the changeling so they could win this war. So I, I think that's kind of heady. You know, you go back to Cisco, who was involved in that. So just so much depth for the guys like us who've seen all these shows. Um, you know, and then they, they concoct this plan to go to Datestrom. I, I had in my notes, I can't remember if it's in this first scene or the second scene, I kind of geeked out because I think either there was they used the call sign Starbuck or an, another starship was named Starbuck, so I thought that was funny. Yeah, I there, was something, yeah, there was something I noticed. Yeah, it was at, like it was a call sign. They just said Starbuck. I'm like, was well, one of those starships named Starbuck? Or, or a Galactica like, thing. There was some Galactica thing, yeah. But yeah, so there's even yeah, a Galactica reference in there. And, you know, obviously cool action scenes. They get out of there. They go to um, the original space dock and you know we get to see all these glorious ships that we've come to love over the years some new ones that we don't know about Jordy laforge being a softy dad i mean you know there's so much in this episode to to love and enjoy um so yeah i'll i'll leave it to you guys now what your thoughts were i do remember thinking just maybe this one was pushing the nostalgia button just as it was it was it was going right up to that to that uh gate if i can mix metaphors here <laughs> it it, I, it did not cross it but it was getting very close i i did not mind it <laughs> because it i felt like it didn't cross it i i know some people that thought maybe it did i think that there's the later episode uh what happens at the end of episode nine and that might be that might be going too far but here I like it, you know, between the space dock, other ships and the little hints that we get on Daystrom station. Yeah. We don't get like clear cut looks at each ship. They don't do like the whole all the way around the, the ship with the music of each. So, I mean, we just get a quick cutaway and it's kind of like a distant shot. So it's, so I think they, it was just the right amount of like, Oh cool. That's the, the movie enterprise, but you don't really get a good look at it. So yeah, I think they touched it. What what was that other constitution, the Enterprise looking one? Was that the New Jersey? He said. Yeah, I read about it. It's familiar with that. We know that one from anything. It's a brand new ship. It's the it's named after one of the showrunners or designers. So this is a brand new ship. It didn't come from the original series. The New Jersey is a brand new New Jersey. So it's there's. I read about it. I read about all the ships. There's speculation that we could see the New Jersey in um, Strange New Worlds, but it was never. This is a brand new ship that's never its first introduction. But that stuff was fun. Of course, what an it felt like an obscure reference to me. I mean, the bird of prey from 
Star Trek Four. There's even a hint. I don't remember thinking, noticing it the previous times I've watched this episode. But there's the, they play the Star Trek Four music. Yeah, for each of the ships, they play. It's, a bit. it's in there. No, the Star Trek Four music. Whenever we see the Bird of Prey. Yeah, yeah. That main theme. Yeah, um, but you're right. The other ships get like the Voyager themes in there and stuff. I, I got to say real quick before you, before Steve jumps in, when I saw the Defiant, they're like, oh, that's actually a second. I remember we all hated when the Defiant got destroyed because there was no reason for it because the next episode, they had another Defiant ship. I remember yeah. that whole cover. We were just. Yeah, it was lame when they brought it back. If you're going <laughs> to destroy it, don't bring it back. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's the one they just brought back the next time. And it was in what, the last several episodes and that's you it. You can make so the was- same argument with the Enterprise A. <laughs> but no, I never felt that way about the Enterprise A. <laughs> well, we had a few years to wait between movies. I that's so, why. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I do kind of have this like radar for like when an episode, like someone who wouldn't know anything about anything watches it versus me, you know, <laughs> and this is like the biggest disparity here of these of this season, probably because this one felt like. Okay, ninety percent of this, the references just go, you know, if you don't watch the other things. Um, but I mean, it's still good, you know. And I'm not saying that, but I, I did feel there was a bit of sadness in a weird way because I watched this thinking there is never, there's no chance there's ever going to be a Star Trek episode that has this many references to different elements of Star Trek canon as this one ever again. I mean, it can't, it can't. I mean, I mean, this is fantastic in that regard. It's so much fun. But, but yeah, I, I, I definitely can see how people, some people might think it's pushing a line because it's relying on that canon, that knowledge to get it. But I, I, I think that um, overall, the, the, that, that doesn't take away from where they're going with this. And of course, this episode does mark the point where we bring all of, all seven of the, you know, you know, core of next gen into this, you know, in the tail end, we have Troy and this one, we have uh, Jordy and he, and, and he is and, and LeVar Burton is such a and fantastic data. job of, of course, data. Yes. Uh, LeVar Burton does such a fantastic job with him and the, the, what he conveys and his daughters and all of that. And, and, and the way, you know, we're going to get more into this as it goes, but you bring, you bring up data, uh, how they how they bring that back, and you know they had to do it. They had to do it in some respect, even though he's died here, he's died there. But I mean, as tastefully as they possibly could could handle that situation, they did it with bringing him in. So it's it's it, it it's so much fun. Yeah, it is. It does because you know they said all oh, the band on you know was lifted and new technology, and they figured it out. I do like that they gave it gave him something different. Uh, you know, making him basically in in a humanoid body just as real as Picard's body, right? And he's aged. You know, that was a practical choice, but also a conscious choice in the writing to say that, right? They obviously many times before did not do that, and they just tried to kick the makeup on a little heavier, and it didn't necessarily work. But I like him, you know, like the entire show, it's it's embracing the age, as we were talking about in the previous discussion. It would have felt wrong and disingenuous to not do it. But I don't know why I never thought that they could just do that. But of course, they, that's what they did. And it was great. That's how I feel about a lot of the writing in this. And like, I know it's good because it seems so obvious now in retrospect. <laughs> but none of us thought about I never thought about it before. I, and I love the whistle scene where Moriarty comes out and the the A sharp and Riker's the only one that could get that. I mean, it's, it's very clever. They go day to recognize and he'll recognize that song. And it's, you know, the it's rattling. It was a cool scene, you know? 
I'm surprised um, the Moriarty, Moriarty actor was still with us. That is the moment that I remember from the, you know, I told, I said that I watched whatever the first teaser something was. And then after that, I didn't, I went radio silent. But that first one, when we first saw that actor coming back to play more, Daniel Davis coming back to play Moriarty, and we see that shot of him. And it was just like, <laughs> blew my little mind. Let me tell you, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not quite as exciting as actually finding out what happened to our Moriarty from next gen. Uh, but it, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty cool and it works, you know, and he doesn't overstay his welcome or anything. Yeah. And seven scene with Voyager. That was cool too. I mean, you know, there's so much, there's so much to say about this episode. Well, that when Steve was a minute ago, said we're never going to get something this different canon, canonic references and nostalgia button pushes. And that was my first thought was who at the beginning of the series ever thought seven was going to get a, a moment like that and and that entire conversation turns into this really organic thing it's like yes the running on the show is freaking good man yes we're all like wow look it's it's voyager but then she says her whole bit about that was my home that was my family and then you know uh jack has his bit about you know we all long for connection that's his response to what she's saying and then she goes oh you're like your dad and then that's that connects the thread of the beginning of the episode when he's all pissed off about having erotic syndrome in the in the bar with Picard and Picard can't console him. But then that bit with Seven happens in the middle, and then by the end of the episode, he's saying to Picard stuff like, "You know, I mean, maybe I did get some good things from you, like being, you know, I can be lo- brave and loyal and wise." And it's just it's just a reminder of all those nostalgic things are great, but it's the writing and the character moments that make it all work and it's just all makes sense and it connects so well it's great i think also what's so interesting about this episode to me it's like it's a pivot point whereby the tone changes somewhat of this season and that's what's so difficult i can't i can't imagine how difficult that would be to plan that not only the plan the plot but to plan the tonal shift whereby at this point it gets to be where this kind it's kind of this much more you know, there's there's the, com- the comedic things. We see a lot more comedy in it. We see the bravado. We see the action. And from this point on, much it's it's much of this. The episodes are dominated by that kind of tone, like like a like a feature film or something, where you have the funny little beats with the comedy. You have the action points and so forth. And um, it, it, it's 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 amazing how well they plan this episode in terms of both the, the, how they the the writing with the plot and the writing with the tone and so forth it's it's fantastic Riker is really funny I I don't know when he became kind of comic relief but that's not even fair to say because he has just as many serious moments maybe more earlier in the season but he's he's really hilarious <laughs> we're all gonna die <laughs> yeah we're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah going back to that the seven and the jack scene that's you know, knowing the end of this, how that series ends, this is the first scene between the two of them that builds that connection for the future and the hope that all the fans out there are like, okay, we get to see Seven lead a show somewhere down the road. But I mean, you know, there's so much that can be just built off of this episode for future Trek. Um, I think kind of really starts with this episode, um, future stories, um, future series and what they sure. want to build going in the future. The future series where they clone kirk's dna and <laughs> well we'll see kirk from from 
Well, that, no, that's uh, yeah. many years before this in Strange New Worlds. Yeah, Strange New that's what I'm saying. I mean, Talking about in the future, like, we're, we could take his bones from Jaystrom Institute, apparently. That's a weird, it's a creepy thing that they would have there, but okay. Yeah, what an odd, yeah, odd thing to operate, whatever that was. Well, I mean, they just, Phoenix like, there, just, yeah. They realized, well, both his body and Picard's body. These are, these are the two men that have literally saved the universe. Multiple times. On multiple occasions, so... That is such a big these are the ones that they happen to run across while they're walking the corridors of this place. Sure. And, oh, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Well, I guess when they picked up the saucer, they're like, "Well, we might as well get Kirk while we're here." Yeah, while we're here, uh, <laughs> that that Genesis device. You think it's a working one? Like they made a second one? <laughs> oh my! It's a prototype. First rule: government spending. Why? Why have one when you can have two twice the price? <laughs> I just I want to know if it's a working Genesis device or not. That's all. Or is it just a like? They, why would they have a a mock up? in secret storage. That doesn't make sense. It would be in a museum if it was just not real. Hmm. Who feeds the Tribble? That's another thing I had thought about. And Brian, yeah, it probably would have been too much nostalgia if they went aboard one of the ships. I like that they didn't show them stealing the cloaking device from... There, there was a moment the first time I saw this episode when I thought they were sp- proposing taking that ship and using that ship. Yeah, that would have been... The bird dumb. of prey. Not dumb, but, but that would have been too far. That would have been too far. Yeah, that's not what the show is. I mean, I don't think they have the mo- they would have the money to build the whole that whole second set of sets. But that's <laughs> really regardless of money question. It's not what the show is. You know, around now is when you start to realize, oh, this is the Titan show, which really creeps up on you. The one flaw that I thought this episode has, so they're going to space. You know, the space this huge place. I'm like, where are all the other people on the station that might just see the Titan sitting outside? <laughs> It's like it's just Jordy uh, and his well, daughter. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you a made-up reason. I thought they were talking about everybody was far away for the preparing for the whatchamacallit day. Yeah, but I but I do. I'm I'm assuming this is like a museum where you you can be a tourist. You go there and then you get to take a tour of like Voyager and take a tour of the yeah. Why Enterprise else would it a. exist? Yeah, right, yeah. right. Well, he said like thousands of starships fly by every day. Or... Like I really want to go to there. Like, yeah. why is there not a Give me a right now today, like a VR program that I can go for a walk. And I, I literally want to walk through Space Dock and then walk onto the Voyager and then walk back onto Space Dock, take a turbo lift over to the other side, and then walk onto the 1701A. That's what I want to do. I want to spend all day just doing that. <laughs> I, think, and, I think it's going to happen. In the quiet of your living room. <laughs> <laughs> And I also like how they humanized Shaw a bit more with that whole, you know, oh, how humble great. he was in front of Jordy and that, yes. that part, you know. If I had more time, I would be happy to geek out with you over engineering stuff. And I mean, oh my God, yeah, it was great. What is this episode about? There's a lot of things going on in this episode. Um, I think the first thing that we can kind of deal with, they were talking about in this episode with, with Jack and Picard, dealing with obstacles in your life I, I love the line that picard you know i was like how did you survive it and he's like i didn't <laughs> so it's like how do you how do you face challenges or life-threatening things and how do you deal with them and obviously you know jack kind of went through the stages you know this first one was was angry he was angry at picard he was angry he was angry i mean who wouldn't be angry about getting news like that and by the end of the episode he's probably the best that he's ever been through the whole season he's calm He's confident. You can see more Picard in him throughout this whole episode. So um, that was one of the underlying things that they were saying is like, you can, you know, how you face your challenges 
in life and how you deal with them is our choices that we all make. And um, what did you pick up from Steve? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's it's carrying over the the theme we're seeing throughout this season, which is 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 the past is part of you. It, it's it you must take account of it, and, and it informs your future. This episode, I think, specifically also uh, speaks to the notion of you've got you you must utilize what you've learned from the past, how the past affects you, and and have that speak to what the choices you make going forward. So like Jack, you know, he's obviously got the, what's inherited from Picard. You have, you know, uh, seven scene with, with Voyager and then Jack's commentary on, you know, yes. Uh, and so on. And, and, you know, so I think, I think all these elements in this, this is like the most, in some ways it's the most nostalgic because we have all this canon, we have all these elements and yet they still utilize those elements in, in either figuratively and literally with the cloaking device from the bounty onto the ship to, to move it forward. So I think this is kind of a bridge. Um, you know, the, the episodes we're talking about today kind of link the first four with the last four in some respects. And um, this this episode speaks to how we, we bridge the past and our future to some extent. I know you mentioned it earlier, but I just want to say it again, how great LeVar Burton is. Gosh, he's, he's I mean, he's a great, he's a brilliant actor. He was great before Next Gen it's always a shame that he didn't get to do more on next gen, but you know, he sure does a great job here. And I remember the next episode we were talking about in a couple of weeks. He has some great moments. Well, we mentioned that before all the, um, all the characters have gotten a good hefty chunk. I mean, yeah. to, to do, I mean, not all at once. I mean, you know, Beverly got it early on, um, you know, Riker, you know, it's just, they've all gotten their, their chance to stand in the spotlight. Pretty great. Great episodes. So nice to say that. Let's do six degrees for the bounty. Adam, Daniel Davis reprises his role as Professor Moriarty. He last played the role in Next Gen's sixth season. Name that episode. I think Sting almost had a song about it. I gave you a hint too. So that's when he was in. That's where Barkley found him, and then they had to put him in the box. Um, I have no idea. Um, did you hear my hint? No. I said, I think Sting almost had a song about it. I don't know. With the police, right? I mean, it was an old police song. It's Ship in a Bottle, right? Yes, it's Ship in a Bottle. Yeah. Oh, wait, Message in a Bottle is, is Police? I thought it was Solo Sting. No, it's, it's Police, oh, okay. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway. I messed up my own hint. Oh, well, cool. Steve got it. Yeah, Ship in a Bottle. Yeah, because remember the way it ends with him. Uh, ship in a Bottle, the ending. Yeah. Last thing about this episode, I, I want to know how they got Kronos 1. <laughs> How they got one. Kronos One is in the space dock. That's what the Klingon ship. That's actually Kronos One on the space dock. Oh, do we see that? Yeah. Was that the ship from? No, that's not the ship from Star Trek Six. Yeah, that's it. Was that's, yes, Kronos oh, One. Okay. It's right. Um, well, if you look at, I looked at the map. It's right, right next to um, Enterprise A. Oh, cool. That's cool. Uh, the only no news I can think of this week, we did officially get the latest uh, Season 2 Strange New Worlds trailer, which gave us our first shots of the Lower Decks crossover that we're all so excited to to see, because we just don't know what it is. That was pretty cool. I mean, it was a few seconds, but it was cool to see that, finally. 
Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us. We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Picard's third season. Until then, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at trekcompanion. Until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.